Welcome to Full Rigor, a Florida true crime podcast. I'm Karen Curtis. And I'm Jennifer Ross. And a Florida serial killer has been put to death. Isn't it sad, though, he was put to death on my daughter's birthday? I wonder if she remembers that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Caroline, don't don't take that to heart, but uh, August 22nd, yeah. She's a Leo. Boy, is she ever. We'll get into that some other time. Jeez. Uh, wow. Well, this was 25 years after he committed his first murders. Gary Ray Bowles, he was 57 when they stuck the needle in his arm. Mm, right here in uh, lovely, it was in Stark? Yep, in okay. Florida. Okay. Nicknamed the I-95 Killer. Why? Because he murdered six men from Daytona Beach to Maryland in 1994, all up and down 95. Was he gay? No. He's, they said he's heterosexual. Some said he was bisexual, but they were all older gay men. Let me ask you this, because he had a horrific childhood. He did really did. any of them look like his horrific stepfathers? No. So his father died before he was born. Okay. And then his mom remarried and not so good with the second husband, Chet. Apparently he abused them. And Gary, didn't. he didn't even finish eighth grade. He left home. And then he became a prostitute. So, so maybe he became, he knew how to, you know, please men. And that's how he got their money. Oh. That could be it. Okay. But that was not his motivation to kill people. We'll get oh, into no? Yeah, okay. we'll get into that, which is really interesting. Um, but he was executed by lethal injection, like you said, August 22nd at 10.58 p.m. It was supposed to be 6 o'clock. That had to be the longest four hours, five hours of his life. Oh Why God. did it take so? I mean, it didn't take that long to kill him. It was whether they just kept on putting it off. You think they do that to mentally think, torture them? Uh, yeah, or, and they, they wait for the governor to call because I guess the governor can still sign it. It can still stay it. This was at Florida State Prison oh, at Rayford. Guy, okay, this guy, 25 years after he kills the first person, why does it take so damn long to get rid of people who were just creeps? So I don't get. Well, they have appeals, and then we had all the problems with the jury having to be unanimous, and oh, then and we then had the Sparky. problem with the cocktail and, mm-hmm. the, and Old Sparky being inhumane. So he was hoping, this is what he told the Black Dahlia. She got an interview with him b- before he died. This is what he said he would say before his death. I'm sorry to all the families of the people I killed, and I hope by me being executed that they can find peace. Yeah, I hope I get to see my mom beforehand, you know. He wants uh, to see least, his mom. Well, at least he apologized. Most of them don't even do that. Well, he. so here's what happened then that day. This is the death row spokeswoman. Ready? <laughs> It's a death row spokesperson. It says it right on her business card. Isn't that a horrible title? Oh my god! I gave it to her. Oh, okay. She's like, say, she's geez. like the Bureau of Prisons spokeswoman. I just called her the death, death row. row. Okay. Well, it's probably what she does mostly. Miss Death Row. Jeez. And here's what she said before he was got the spike. Mr. Bowles woke up this morning at 4 a.m. He was calm and in good spirits. His last meal, he requested three cheeseburgers, French fries, and bacon. He did not have any family visits, and he was not visited by a spiritual advisor. Well, thank God he was put to death because that meal would have killed him. My God. <laughs> high in cholesterol. No <laughs> mom either. I, my 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 arteries are clogging over here. Now, is, is his mother dead? No. Oh, well, she just doesn't have... Well, then again, if my son... How many people did he kill? Eight? You know what? I don't know if she's dead or not, but she didn't show up, and no one showed up. That's really kind of... Well, it kind of speaks of his childhood. Yeah. It's pretty and crappy, no spiritual advisor, nothing. Well, that was his own choosing, right? I yeah. mean, you get to choose who you want, you know, if you want to talk to somebody. 
Exactly. So, and he didn't want to. So, uh, I, I just, I get a feeling that was this guy, and, and, and I'm not big on, you know, it takes a village kind of thing, but this guy's childhood, I think, shaped him very oh, yeah. early. I, I agree 100%. Yeah. He but didn't he, have a shot. He also witnessed, according to one of the psychologists who interviewed him, he witnessed a gay man attacking a young boy. And that that image of the poor kid being attacked, and maybe himself too, at a younger age, wow, made him snap. And it was just in the one year of 1994. He just kind of snapped once i was done my life's completely over with now i I just knew at that time that my life was over with yeah he knew holy the first time he killed i mean he just didn't he didn't plan it he just snapped this is not the life i planned i just kind of went insane for a temporary period there you know but you know what okay there was also a lot of alcohol involved well you know they usually say alcohol is the, the is not the cause but just the the aftermath of a problem. Exacerbator. Yes. He would spend most of his time picking up gay men in bars in Daytona Beach for oral sex. And then he snapped and he gave in to his impulses because he saw the spectacle of a gay guy going after kids. So wow. this is what the psychologist said. I guess it was at the YMCA. Okay. But I, he also, as a young kid, and we'll get into his early life, was abused by his stepfather, Chet, who was also an alcoholic. Yeah, this guy didn't have a shot. Yeah. And I mean, you have to understand that. And you're, what, 10 years old and this stuff's happening to you? That's yeah. That's terrible. Yeah. So. Is it an excuse? No, but it's still, I don't think he had a shot. Well, at least this have... time he wasn't hit in the head like all the other ones. <laughs> I forget where. Oh, I was watching Mindhunter. Have you watched Mindhunter no. yet? Oh, the second season's great. But in Mindhunter, they're talking to some, I think he's like from Kentucky or West Virginia. He He's one of these guys that needed subtitles under, you know, what he was saying, because he was like like those, uh, you know, those fish hunting people, those alligator people. The never swamp understood. people. Swamp people. <laughs> anyway, he sounded like them. And then somewhere along the line, I almost called you, but it was really late at night. Somewhere in the middle of t- this interview that when the FBI agents are talking to him and he's talking about how he's killed all these people, he goes, well, he goes, yeah, when I worked in the warehouse, that's when that steel girder fell on my head. Steel girder. <laughs> went, A steel girder. Jeez. A lot of them say that they just never were the same after they got hit in the head. Wow. This guy, accident. I'm surprised this guy had a head left after the way he's made it sound. Man. Well, so this so this guy, too, this Bowles character, he got hit in the head, too? No, he didn't. Oh. <laughs> I'm saying he didn't. <laughs> oh, so he was, just, he was just crazy because he was crazy. Now, do you think people are born crazy or their environment makes them that way? In this case, I think it's his environment. I think the environment pushed him over wow. and made him snap. Okay. So he received the death penalty for the November 1994 murder of Walter Hinton in Jacksonville Beach. Hinton was Bowles' sixth and final known victim in a series of killings in okay. an eight-month eight span. And oh, he really did. What what spurred him on for well, that? Go nuts! So what they were saying is that you know the first one because he says it might have been an accident the first time, and then the second one it gets a little bit more violent. Go ahead. Okay, yes, so, Jennifer. Okay, <laughs> gonna, how do you accidentally kill somebody? Well, was it violent sex? I mean, or, or was they were doing that thing? What is it? Auto, asphyxiation, auto, yeah, yeah that, auto erotic asphyxiation. Don't ask me how I know that. Yes, how do you know that? But is that what they were doing? And and that's what happened. And he killed the guy. Or did he, like, bash his head in and he goes, oh, I know, I just, I kind of blacked out. I mean, how do you accidentally kill somebody? Well, here's the thing. He had a modus operandi. So 
it began in Daytona Beach with the murder of John Hardy Roberts. Mm -hmm. And in between, there were victims in Rockville, Maryland, Savannah, Georgia, Atlanta, Nassau County, uh, Florida. In each case, he had a signature. Okay. He stuffed the victims' throats with objects. Oh, wonderful. He'd, nice guy. He'd wind up towels or rags and shove it way down into their trachea. Toilet paper, dirt, leaves, even a sex toy that... That uh, oh, butt beads. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Shoved it down their throat. How and, disgusting and in is many, that? Many of the cases, he would hit them over the head and shoot them and everything, and that didn't kill him. He would asphyxiate them that way. You know, it takes four minutes to strangle oh, so, oh, someone. Oh, yeah. It's, it's extremely difficult to strangle somebody. And so one of the uh, investigators, the Daytona Beach detective, says he probably enjoyed it after a while, but... Um, at, at first, he just accidentally killed. So he got like he he got enraged and just grabbed somebody by the throat. And... Yeah, I mean, why do you kill people after the first one? The first one could be a mistake, maybe, and then the second one, all right, and maybe we'll give you that, and then the third one, the fourth one, and the sixth. When do you stop? Well, it's obvious he was a serial killer. So he would either strangle them, uh, hit them over the head, or shoot them. Here's one. Like a glass vase, and I cracked him across the skull with that. He fell across a big glass table and just went to beat him. And then he did and this. Went to and we kind of got into an argument and got into a fight. I mean, a fist fight. And he had a shotgun that he kept by the door. And I grabbed that gun he had by the door and shot him with the shotgun. He's just so matter-of-fact about it. And here's the last one. It's like all the murders were different. The last guy I killed, I smashed his head in with a stone. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Smashed his head in with a stone. And then I hit my head with a steel girder. Oh, my God. This so, guy was just, oh, you know what? The hell with his childhood. He was just deranged. Thank you. So it wasn't hard for Daytona Beach police to figure out who killed the first victim, Roberts, because Bowles left a probation document at the scene. He's not real bright either. Okay. He only got an eighth grade education like Jethro Bodine. Oh, yeah, but Jethro Bodine had billions. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't smash anybody the rock. Te Texas T. <laughs> he was caught on the ATM camera trying to withdraw money from Robert's account. Okay, well, this guy's an idiot. But it did prove more, it was more difficult to capture him because an until they were able to do it, he killed five other men. Jeez. Well, plus, you know what? Usually with serial killers, they have a calling card. In this case, he was strangling. He was, he was stuffing stuff down their throat. But they usually typically kill the same way. This guy, he, no, he, he was all over you, the road. He shot you, he hit you with a stone, he ran you over. It was ever was convenient. It was like, he was a lunatic. It was like the roadrunner and the coyote. <laughs> he was like, he called the Acme Company to get an anvil. <laughs> So, We're laughing about murder. It's not yeah, a good, that's all right. Uh, but you missed the most important murder that he did. He killed off Milton Bradley, my oh, that's game not guy. getting there. <laughs> oh, pissed off about that. I was like, oh, my God. I know. And what was even funnier is in one of the murders, he said, he said his name was Timothy Whitfield. Mm-hmm. Not Carlton Whitfield, like The Secret of My Success with oh, Michael J. Fox. Remember? Yes. He went in his Brantley Foster, and he was trying to make his way up to the wait, top wait. of Penrose, and he changed his name to Carlton Whitfield, an executive. <laughs> he says, my monogram looks like an eye chart. <laughs> <laughs> so this was Timothy Whitfield. So they, he, oh finally, God. when they caught him for the Walter Hinton murder, the 47-year-old, his name, he said, was Timothy Whitfield. Not Carlton Whitfield or Brantley, but... Then they realized, aha, this is Gary Ray Bowles, and he is our serial killer. Wow. And he admitted to the other five. 
He wasn't really smart, though. He admitted to all of them. Well, I guess at that point, what are you going to do? That's they right. Get, they get you on one, they're going to get you on others. But usually, and, you know, when they catch serial killers, they, like I said, they usually use the same mode of death. They strangle you, they shoot you, you know, they beat you to death. This guy, he was all over the board. Yeah. When did he kill Milton, Milton Bradley? And Milton was old. Well, this was all in an eight-month span. They were all pretty old. So his victims include 59-year-old John Hardy Roberts. That was the first one. Okay. 38-year-old David Jarman. Oh, he was younger. And then he knocked off 72-year-old Milton Bradley. Okay, now Milton Bradley, if you don't know who Milton Bradley is, he was, they were owned by Hasbro. But Milton Bradley was born in Massachusetts, and he started games, board games, years ago. I mean, we're talking like Civil War era. But not this Milton Bradley. No, not this one. He was This guy died in like 1911. Okay. But I saw Milton Bradley and went, oh my God, he killed Milton Bradley. Did he invent Monopoly? Uh, no, he Battleship, Connect Four, uh, Hungry Hungry Hippos, Game of Life, Twister, oh, Game of Life. Yahtzee. Twister! Yeah. Yahtzee. Yeah. And then uh, Milton I Bradley. I thought it was a cereal. No, Milton Bradley. Was, you know, it was 159 years ago in Springfield, Massachusetts. Oh, bless his heart. Is when he founded his gaming company. Uh, we up in Michigan played spoons and stuff because we couldn't <laughs> afford game boards. A 47-year-old Alverson Carter Jr. was his next victim. 38-year-old Albert Morris. Okay, where do you meet all these people? You said he's called the I-95. At gay bars. Oh, okay. They, well, all these bars near yeah. 95, I assume? and he'd say 20 bucks for oral sex, and they'd go for it, and he'd go to their house, and he'd usually stay there a while, and they'd get drunk, and then he'd kill him. And then the last one was Walter Hinton, 47. How'd they catch him? Well, because... Oh, he used the card. Well, no, what would happen was... The first murder with Roberts, he used the card and he left his probation thing. So they were looking for Gary Ray Bowles. But when he killed the last guy, oh, Walter Hinton. Oh, he said Hinton, his name. He said his name was Whitfield. I get yeah, it. Yeah, my name is Whitfield. And then he confessed and they go, oh my God, this is the guy. Well, how stupid is, okay, how long ago was this? When did he get caught? I'm, I'm sorry. I, the, I'm losing track here. 1994. So in 1994, they didn't have like <laughs> any like FBI most wanted list? The week before he was captured, yeah. he was put on the FBI's most wanted list. And they also did a, a segment on America's most wanted on him. Okay, so they do all this stuff. How dumb are these cops? So they didn't realize they had the guy. I mean, come on, let's be honest. Yeah, well. Hello, are you not reading the FBI Most Wanted list? Or didn't you watch America's well, Most Wanted? Or don't they have an APB up for this guy? In they New did, and apparently, um, he's 5'9", he weighed 150 pounds, and he had tattoos, a heart and a ribbon on the left arm, a cross and a star on the wrist, and then he had uh, scars on his left hand, knife scars on his nose, right wrist, and left side of his chest, and apparently that was left out okay. of some of the police reports. Oh, okay. So that made it harder. I get it. He has creepy eyes, by the way. If you look, you'll look oh, up. Oh, he's G- got Gary the creepy Ray eyes. Balls. He's got creepy eyes that look right through you. Oh man! Wow. So he worked. Remember, he dropped out of school at the in the eighth grade. So he worked as a carpenter, construction worker, agricultural worker, and of course as a male prostitute. Mm. And then, of course, as a killer. But he <laughs> so I forget that. <laughs> a very good one. He completed his GED uh, while incarcerated. Well, good for him. Good for him. He tried to better his life. Good for him. He was just a nut job. And I think, it, honest to God, I think it's from the abuse from his stepfather. Yeah. It, it screwed him up well, for the rest of his life. Yeah. And the alcohol didn't help. Yeah, well, yeah. So he was sentenced to death September 6, 1996, and then resentenced to death in 1999 and finally executed on your daughter's birthday. Happy birthday, uh, August 22nd, 2019. Yeah, but you, what, when was the second time you said in, what, 96? Yeah. They waited that the, long? No, the first time that he was convicted and sentenced was 96. Yeah, it, it happened in 94. 
Okay. And then, well, look at you've got the Barahonas. They're still waiting. Oh, those people. And then, I, you know, I, don't get me because they incensed me, those people, what they did to those poor children. I'm telling you, save the state some money, take them outside, put a bullet in their head, end of conversation. Oh, by the way, we said we're going to do our Casey Anthony uh, podcast. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm trying to get her on the podcast. She's not going to talk to us. Well, we have a friend of ours who said he slept with her. So <laughs> oh, I, Christ. <laughs> what, she, she sleep with all the West Palm Beach already? We're, Come on. We're, we're working on it. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> We have a friend who says he slept with Oh, yeah. We got connections. Oh, yeah, that'll work. Just what she wants to see, some old guy that she slept with. Okay. Yeah, so the motives of serial killers are generally placed in four categories. Did you know that? Uh, No. So there's the visionary, mission-oriented, hedonistic, and power or control. However, they could overlap and display considerable overlap in these categories. Like BTK was power and control. Yeah, because he was a cop, right? No, No, he was a clergy guy. Oh, the clergy guy. Yeah, I think he also... uh, I'm thinking of the guy out in in L.A. that they just caught. He used to be a cop, remember? And they got him with Oh, that guy, yeah, yeah, in in the northern California area. That's right, okay. I can't keep them all straight. There's too many of them. So, uh, but remember his, he snapped because of allegedly seeing a young boy being abused by a gay man. So did, but did, did he correlate that to his abuses? It child? may. So it would be, what would that be? Um, mission oriented, really not hedonistic. Well, like putting a sex yeah, toy down his throat. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Power and control. It's kind of all of them for him. Um, so, so he was a trouble in the making as we talked about his, his childhood was no fun. He was born in Clifton Ford, Virginia. Okay. His father, William Bowles, died six months before he was born. And then she, the mother, Frances, married several times, remarried. He was abused by his second stepfather, a violent alcoholic. He also abused Bowles' mother and older brother. The abuse continued till he was 13. Oh, so it was, what, he was eight years old, nine years old? So this went on for a long time. It was the stepfather that screwed him up. Okay. Yeah. and then he fought back and severely injured the stepfather. Oh, I was going to say, did he kill the stepfather? See, and now I could understand. I think, and that might have been in his getting his anger going. You know what? It, killing off the stepfather. That's why I said, did the victims look like his stepfather? I'm surprised he didn't kill the well, stepfather. They are older men, remember? So violence against the boys and their mother continued unabated. And then when he was 14, Gary and his brother ganged up on the stepfather and severely beat him. At one point, one of the boys actually pummeled the man in the head with a rock. So It's probably him. He likes rocks. Yeah. He did kill that other guy with that 40-pound stone. Yeah. That's a boulder. That's, that's a, a stone. Come that's on. That's right. Let's <laughs> be honest. But I could, you know what, in the event he killed his stepfather, I could justify that. I really could. I mean, for after all those years well, yeah. of abuse, I, I think I'd that want would to be kill justified. The guy. Yeah, I want to kill the guy too. Yeah. And and he left home soon after, as I said, he dropped out of eighth grade. He was mad at his mom's decision to stay in the marriage, so he was homeless out on the streets for the next few years, and he earned money as a prostitute, which is another probably something in his craw because he's like the only way he could earn money. He had no skills. He dropped out of school. That's the only thing he knew. That's terrible. So he's living on the street and he's he's praying. It's just like uh, the guy that killed uh, Versace. Right, Andrew Cananan. He did the same thing. Yeah. So in 1982, he was arrested for beating and sexually assaulting his girlfriend. Oh, that's a nice guy then. He was sentenced to six years in prison and in 91, so that's what, 82 to 91, he was released from prison and convicted of unarmed robbery and a theft of an elderly woman's purse. So he gets out of prison and he robs somebody right away? And then he was sentenced to four more years in prison. He was released in two. 
for good behavior, I'm sure. So he gets out of prison. He knows nobody. He's got no money. So what's the first thing he he's does? He's homeless and he, he's running around. Yeah, he, he, he robs some poor old woman. Uh, this, this guy's just, he's just the, the epitome of, you know, the guy I want to bring home. What a jerk. Oh, wow. He didn't have many coping skills. You think? <laughs> Gary Jeez. was not considered to be gay, and, but likely engaged in homosexual activity strictly for financial gain. Wow. Which would probably irritate him. And it, Did that irritate anybody? I couldn't go gay for money. Sorry. I mean, I could understand selling my body, but it's not going to be to a woman. Did I just say that out loud? I did, didn't I? <laughs> but I mean, I mean, I, so, so you can't tell me this guy wasn't gay to begin with. Because if you're going to whore yourself out, you're going to do it to women, not well, to men. Gary says he only received oral sex from the men he hustled and prohibited actual intercourse during his sexual encounters. Okay, so And maybe he, that's why he beat him over the head when they tried to do that. It, well, the same thing is maybe they were the only ones he thought had money. Right. Yeah. They were the breadwinners of the family, so to say. And Gary's real interest was women. He was known to have and been involved in several relationships as an adult. He temporarily lived with some of his of his girlfriends. Yet for the most part, the relationships were unsuccessful. Well, and at times why. violent. Can you imagine? Can you imagine saying, not tonight, honey? This guy pulls out a rock and beats you. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> he, one of his relationships during his early 20s, he lived for a short time with a woman named Wesley in Hillsborough County, Florida. In 82, he brutally attacked her, sexually assaulting and beating her. Jeez. She had fingerprint-like bruising on her neck as a result of the attack, uh, suggesting that he attempted to choke her. One of her breasts was also bitten and her face severely battered to one point that her eyes were swollen shut. All right. This guy should have been put down a long time ago. And doctors told Wesley she had received internal lacerations to her vagina and rectum. Oh, boy. Jeez. I, it amazes me is this, this guy's history goes so far back and it took them that long to catch him. Yeah, the FBI stated that during her investigation of the crime, she noticed the bedroom and the bathroom of his house contained significant quantities of blood. And according to her statement in court, the blood spatters on the walls reached as high as five feet above the bed. Oh, my God. So the crime was demonstrative of Gary's violent nature. And he was sentenced to six years in prison. However, it's unclear exactly how much of that sentence he served. This guy was just in and out of prison left and right. So, so after his release from prison, another conviction added to his record. He was convicted in the summer of 91 for unarmed robbery. He pushed a woman down, stole her purse. <sighs> so why didn't he just stay in prison? This is what I don't get. So, yeah, well, that's why did, yeah. I mean, Instead come on. How, how many times do, do you have to do bad stuff before they say, you know what? We can't fix you. You're just, you're, you're beyond hope, you know? And they leave Are him there. Are you talking to me? No, not you. I mean, they might we, say that about me. I got news for you. We can't fix you, Jen. We can't. You're too far gone. Ah, so former detective John Best remembers hearing details of the crime he investigated, the murder of 72-year-old, the World War veteran, Milton Bradley. Oh, my God. Maybe he was, was a World him. War II veteran. Maybe Holy he was the cow. same guy. No, the, 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 Milton Bradley, the real one, died like in 1911. Okay. Could so, be a great, great, great son. It could son. be related. Yeah. It might but, be with a name like that. I mean, who names their kid Milton Bradley? Thank you. Unless they're looking at the game box. That could be. <laughs> baby's born at home. <laughs> Either hey. that, or he was conceived on a twister board. I mean, <laughs> I think, come on. Right hand yellow. <laughs> uh, the Tampa detective remembered her exact quote: "I've seen better looking bodies in an autopsy." This is of the seventy-two-year-old Milton Bradley. Oh my body. goodness! Yeah. Okay. That's, he suspects I, that Bowles is bisexual and also believes that he might have killed women, which is really interesting. 
because um, he said during an interview with detectives, Bowles freely admits to killing his male victims almost in a boastful manner. But when asked if there were female victims, he hemmed and hawed. Because of his mother. Never gave a yes or no answer. It was, let's change the subject. Oh, so maybe he did. Isn't that terrible, though? So this guy's dead. They'll never figure out if he had anything to do with some woman's murder. You don't know, but... He, as violent as he was with those girls, I can't imagine he didn't kill somebody. Indiscriminate. He was four, He was only 57 years old when they put him out. Yeah. Can you imagine if he lived longer, how many more people he would have killed? Jeez. But with his rap sheet, why was he even out of prison? That's what I don't well, understand. And what he did to the girlfriend. Yeah, especially after trying to kill the girl. You can't tell me that was an attempted murder. So why did he? Why was he walking around? That's my question. So, oh, the prisons are overcrowded. He didn't kill anybody, so we had to let him out? Please. I can understand a guy that smokes pot, but this guy? Yeah. So in April of 1994 in Daytona Beach, Bowles killed his first victim, as we said, John Hardy. And uh, he had offered him a temporary place to live, like you do. Following an argument, Bowles beat and strangled him to death and stole his credit card. Police soon considered him a suspect after finding, again, his fingerprints and probation records at the crime scene. This and then the picture on the ATM, that was priceless. And over the next six months, he murdered five other men in Nassau County, Florida, Savannah, Georgia, and Montgomery County, Maryland, right up 95. Thus his name, the I-95 killer. Well, in the same token, though, he's running from the cops because he figured they're going to get him in Florida, so he's going to get away. Well, they basically knew who, who he was on the first murder, John Roberts but they couldn't catch him. He just kept going up 95. His modus operandi was to prostitute himself to his victims before beating and strangling them and stealing their cars and their credit cards. Hmm. So while on the run, he was put on the FBI's list of the country's 10 most wanted fugitives for his four known victims. And finally, October 22nd, 94, he was arrested for the murder of Walter Jamel J. Hinton and confessed to all six murders. So it was the Walter Hinton one where he said his name was Whitfield. Whitfield. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. He should have been put to death a long time ago. I'm sorry. Am I, am I just like heartless? As, as, as mo- many people tell me, you have a big heart, Jen, but it's, it's charred. <laughs> so this, it's big, but it's black and charred. It's charred. No, you have a very pretty. But come on. This you have is, a well, very how, pretty pink red heart well thanks well why was this guy walking around though i mean come on he tries to kill it at least after he's in prison three times and he tries to kill the girlfriend you still let him out yeah you yeah. know shame on prison officials i'm sorry i don't give a crap how crowded you are find a place in a tent somewhere for this idiot man those other those men would still be alive if it wasn't for this idiot yeah so the the man that did him in is though walter hinton that was his last murder and his family was looking for him and uh, his sister and her boyfriend, they were soon to be married, uh, began to worry with each passing day, and he had missed her birthday, Belinda's birthday, and he failed to arrive at work for two days in a row, so they decided to go to his house. When they arrived, they managed to break in by shattering the back window immediately upon entering. They were met with a foul odor. Oh, dear. Yeah. Nothing like a decaying body to wake you up. Uh, it was disheveled, something obviously amiss. William entered the bathroom and noticed a peculiar mound covered by blankets on the bathroom floor. He reached out to feel the object. It was hard to the touch. Ooh, it was stiff, like full rigor. He uh, removed a portion of the blanket okay. and discovered the brutally beaten and decomposing remains of Jay Hinton. And investigators methodically examined the crime scene and the forensic evidence 
was obtained from the small mobile home. And during a search of the residence, police discovered that the victim's wallet, along with his personal papers, had been carelessly strewn on the bed. And lying beside the bed on the floor was a pile of sheets and a large stepping stone covered in blood. So this must have been when he hit him in the head with the stairs. Yeah. It's like all the murders were different. The last guy I killed, I smashed his head in with a stone. With the stone? That weighed 40 pounds, by the way. That wasn't just a stone. It's one of those little walk things. You know, like when you walk on somebody's walkway in the house, that's what he used. Those things are heavy. Yeah. Yeah, well, they, it put a big dent in his head. Yeah, I think. Jeez. Yeah. So they got home, and Hinton went to sleep, and Bowles stayed up and continued to drink, and he later confessed that at some point during the night he snapped went outside, retrieved a large concrete block, and he brought it back into the house and sat it on the table. And then moments later, he took the block into Hinton's room and dropped it on his head. <laughs> That's fra- nice. He dropped it on his head. It fractured his cheek to his jaw. Oh, my God. After the blow, Hinton was unconscious, fell from the bed, and Bowles then began to strangle him, which, again, takes four minutes. He stuffed toilet paper and a rag down his throat. Medical examiner reports that Hinton died from asphyxiation. So what happened? How did they catch him? Okay, uh, what happened was they found the roommate dead, Walter Hinton, in 1994. The 42-year-old, he was a florist. He'd been hit with the cinder. It was a cinder block that he hit him with. Then asphyxiated with toilet paper. They lived in a mobile home in Jacksonville Beach. After informants helped a rookie police officer track down Whitfield after the fact. They figured out, you know, they went there. They knew he was dead. They thought it was the roommate, Timothy Whitfield. So they get him in front of him and they realize what? Well, they said once they brought him in and then he was getting tired of being questioned. They, They looked, they said, look. In you know, what's going on? And he said, you know what? You're right. I'm tired of this. Do you really want to know who I am and how this all happened? So he willingly said, go ahead. I'll tell you the whole story. And that's when police kind of just went, huh? And they froze and they said that's when they found out it was Gary Ray Bowles, one of the most wanted men in America at the time. Boy, they stumbled into that one. Yeah. And it was a rookie cop who caught him. How do you like that? Thanks to other people in the mobile home park who had seen him. Well, 94, you've got DNA and everything by then. Yep. They said he paused for a little bit. He asked for a cigarette, lit up the cigarette, and he confessed to brutally killing six men. He says, I want the killing to stop. I'm either getting life, six life sentences or the electric chair. Yeah, back so then it knew. would have been, yeah, he knew. Well, he knew, remember, he, from the beginning, from the first murder, he knew his life was over with. Once I was done, my life's completely over with now. I, I just knew at that time that my life was over with. Well, he did. He said uh, it, he just said he wanted to kill as many people as I could before they caught me. So he was, yeah, he was definitely a serial killer. Yeah. He would have gone on had they not caught him. Yes. So thank God. He was working as a, a day worker, by the way. So yeah. when he killed the last guy, other people knew him and the roommate. So Right, that they were living they together. Him. Yes. So on that refreshing note. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. I got a doozy for you next time. Worse than uh, the, you know, so worse, far. Worse no, than no, this one. No, the Barahona case is by far the worst. Wait. It's worse than that? I'm not going to give it all up, but I'm going to tell you. <laughs> Former Martin County deputy, he would pick up girls hitchhiking. Remember this is from the 70s? How long have you been down here? I moved to, no, I moved here in uh, 80. 79, end of 79. Yes, so Ron Hersey's mo- going to join us because he used to cover this. Really? Yes, and he would pick these girls up hitchhiking. This is a Martin County deputy. Deputy. Great, thanks. Hang him from a tree. Come on. Kill him. And then have sex with him. And that's all I'm going to tell you right now.
That's far more than I needed. I did. I, be, I told you right, it's bad. Quite honestly. That'll be What's even worse, though, it's my county. <laughs> you don't have any, like, relatives left around And it there. was law enforcement. Oh, I know. So. They don't, you know what, in Martin County, my theory is about Martin County, they shoot first and they ask questions. They don't give a crap, let me tell you. Which, Who is it? Which, <laughs> which, Who is it? Which I thoroughly enjoy. I mean, you know, there's too many little creeps getting away with crap. Not in Martin County. They Shoot them through the heart and ask, who is he? <laughs> oh, my gun accidentally went off six <laughs> times. Sorry. Hey, speaking of which, the the guy that was at the Clearwater convenience store convicted I of know. manslaughter. Oh, no, stand your ground. No. Wow, yeah, they, he's going away for yep. a long time. They, they didn't give him the death penalty. No, though, it was manslaughter, manslaughter, yeah. That's all. He only gets like he 20 years. He shoved him. Anyway. <laughs> Well, I didn't realize the guy that shoved him, his girlfriend, was sitting in the car yes, watching the whole thing. They were, she was the one parked in the handicapped spot, and he was yelling at her. And he came I out, and he it. went, hey, Marquise. you got to remember, I was in a coma when all That's this right. happened, so I kind of missed it. Okay, so <laughs> you're still in a coma. Say goodbye. <laughs> we'll be back next time we'll be back next more time with death and destruction. With more death and destruction. That wraps up full <laughs> rigor for this episode. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home-trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.